Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, let's get to it. Leviticus chapter 6. Let me grab Leviticus chapter 6. Oh, the wonderful book of Leviticus. Chapter 6. I have my Bible open, but I want to go with the NIV version. So, because I know most of us are using the NIV version. So, we're going to go with that. And I'll use my notes from my ESV. All right. Uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you that we um, get another day to serve you, to glorify you. God, help us to understand your word. God, your word says that um, the way to live and walk in a way that's pleasing you is that, God, we be filled with the knowledge of Jesus, that we be filled with spiritual wisdom, and that we be filled with understanding. So, Lord, I just pray that you would fill us with an understanding of your word, that you would fill us today with a knowledge of your will. And God, that you would give us spiritual wisdom as we carry out our days, as we uh, finish out the week and head into the weekend, God. Would you make your word come alive to us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So I'm allowed to yell today because my wife is up and she's getting ready for work anyway. So we're good. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6. And it starts like this. It says, verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, If anyone sins and is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving a neighbor about something entrusted to them or left in their, their care or about something stolen or if they cheat their neighbor or if they find lost property and lie about it, or if they swear falsely about any such sin that people may commit. When they sin in any of these ways and realize their guilt, they must return what they have stolen or taken by extortion, or what was entrusted to them, or the lost property they found, or whatever it was they swore falsely about. Verse 5, they must take restitution in full, and a fifth of the value, add a fifth of the value to it, and give it all to the owner on the day they present their guilt offering. And as a penalty, they must bring to the priest, that is, to the Lord, their guilt offering, a ram from the flock, one without defect and of the proper value. Verse 7, in this way the priest will make atonement for them before the Lord, and they will be forgiven for any of the things they did that made them guilty. Verse 8. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning. 
and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he is to take these clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Verse 14. These are the regulations for the grain offering. Aaron's sons are to bring it to before bring it before the Lord in front of the altar. The priest is to take a handful of the finest flour and some olive oil together with all the incense on the grain offering and burn the memorial portion on the altar as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Verse 16. Aaron and his sons shall eat and eat the rest of it, but it is to be eaten without yeast in the sanctuary area. They are to eat it in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. It must not be baked with yeast. I have given it as their share of food offerings presented to me. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. Any male descendant of Aaron may eat it. For all generations to come, it is his, it is his perpetual share of the food offerings presented to the Lord. Whatever touches them will become holy. Verse 19, the Lord also said to Moses, this is the offering Aaron and his sons are to bring to the Lord on the day of that on the day he is anointed. A tenth of ephah of the finest flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. It must be present. It must be prepared with oil on a griddle. Bring it well mixed and present the grain offering broken in pieces as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The son, of, the son who is to succeed him as anointed priest shall prepare it. It is the Lord's perpetual share and is to be burned completely. Every grain offering to, pre, to a priest shall be burned completely. It must not be eaten. Verse 24, the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron and his sons, These are the regulations for the sin offering. The sin offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord in the place the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is most holy. The priest who offers it shall eat it. It is to be eaten in the sanctuary area, in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. Whatever touches any of the flesh will become holy. And if any of the blood is splattered on a garment, you must wash it in the sanctuary area. The clay pot, the clay, the clay pot the meat is cooked in must be broken. But if it is cooked in a bronze pot, the pot, the pot is to be scored and rinsed with water. Verse 29. Any male in a priest in a priest's family may eat it. It is most holy. But any sin offering whose blood is brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in holy in the holy place must not be eaten. It must be burned up.
Whew. Take a stretch. Leviticus. The wonderful instructions and laws of Leviticus. So as I was studying this, I had a little bit of a struggle. Because if you know, the book of Leviticus is not an easy book to teach from. However, I, I really want to focus in the beginning of chapter 6. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm really, really going to focus on from verses 1 till about 13. What we see is um, God giving instructions to Moses to give to the priests on how to offer up sacrifices in the tabernacle and what offerings and sacrifices they should, should offer up. And I really love in chapter 6, the way that it begins. In verse 2, it says, If anyone sins and is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving a neighbor about something entrusted to him. So I've just, I want to, I want to emphasize that if on, if anyone is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving a neighbor, a sin against people is a sin against God. I think the first thing that we need to understand is that when we sin, when we offend, when we lie, when we steal, these sins are not committed against people. They are committed against people. But first and foremost, it is an unfaithfulness unto the Lord. A sin against people is a sin against God. If you remember in the New Testament, uh, Jesus said in his disciples as he was teaching his disciples, um, when I was imprisoned, you took care of me. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I when I had no clothes, you clothed me, right? When when I needed, you provided for me. And this disciple said, Jesus, when when did we ever do this for you? And he said, If you did if you did it unto these, you have done it unto me. Well, the same well, it's the same in reverse. What we do unto people, we do unto the Lord. Good and bad. A sin against people is a sin against the Lord, right? But it really challenged me because there's some pretty practical stuff in here, right? Uh, let's see. There's deceiving a neighbor about something that they entrusted you with. You ever, you ever borrow something and, and maybe broke it and kind of like returned it, hoping that like they thought they broke it? <laughs> right? I guess I'm the only one. No, <laughs> but you know it says uh, left in their care, or about something stolen, or they cheated a neighbor, or if they find lost property and lie about it. Or is that a twenty dollar bill you found on the ground that you probably should have returned to somebody? Whatever the case may be, right? This is how practical it gets, but I think we have to understand. That a sin against people is a sin against God. And when we sin against people, the best way to give restitution, right, to make up for it, he gives them the solution in verse 5. He says, or whatever it was, they swore falsely about. 
they must make restitution in full and add a fifth of the value and give it all to the owner on the day they present their sacrifices, their offering. So in other words, not not only do we have to make up for it, but we have to make up for it with interest, right? Like go above and beyond to make restitution, to resolve the issue, to pay it back. But what I really want to focus on is verse 8 and on. 8 and on. Because he then goes into making uh, the priests offering up sacrifices unto the Lord. The priests offering up sacrifices unto the Lord. And in verse 8, he says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth, on the altar, all night until morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Question. How's your fire doing? How's your fire doing? See, because the Bible says, this is a New Testament illustration of what of what points us to the New Testament sacrifice of Jesus. But it also points us to the New Testament sacrifice, which the Bible tells us, right, in the book of Romans, that now we are to present ourselves as living sacrifices. So we are both a sacrifice and the priest because we bring our lives as a priest, right? The Bible says we are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and we present our lives as the sacrifice, right? How's your fire burning? How's your fire burning, right? This is a great picture of what it looks like to commit ourselves and surrender ourselves unto God. Because the fire, he says, the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And verse 10, it says, And the priest shall put on his linen garment and put his linen undergarment on his body. He shall take up his ashes. I want to skip down. In verse 12, it says, The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. If your fire is going out, it's because you're not tending to it. I'm going to say that again. If your fire is going out, it's because you're not tending to it. Notice that it was the priest's responsibility to feed the fire. It was the priest's responsibility to feed the fire. Are you feeding your fire? Are you watching over your fire day and night? Are we keeping the fire burning on the altar of our hearts? Day and night, observing, watching, 
being committed to the Lord, being faithful to the Lord, staying in the Lord's presence, being committed to the sacrifice that Jesus made. You see, the priests were to observe and tend to the sacrifice all night and every morning. The priests were to observe and tend to the sacrifice all night and every morning. Are you staying connected to Jesus? Always looking to the, to the Lamb of God that takes away our sins. Are you tending to the sacrifice? Are you observing, watching over the fire? Are you staying in the presence of God? Are you ensuring that that fire on the altar of your heart is continually burning, continually lit, continually burning away the things, the sins, the guilt, the shame, the, the bitterness, the offense, removing the stain, right? Getting rid of all those things that are keeping us from being holy before the Lord. It is up to us to continue to fan the flame. It is up to us to ensure that we keep the fire burning in our lives. It is up to us to ensure that we are connected to the fire. You see, so many of our hearts are, 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 have gone cold. So many of our hearts have lost their fire. So many of our lives have lost their passion because we have removed ourselves from the heat. Do you know what happens to coal? Do you know what happens to a fire? Uh, when, you when you separate all the wood, right? Fellas, you know this. If you have a charcoal grill, the best way to reduce the heat is to separate all the coal and to keep them from making contact with, another, with one another. Why? Because the closer they are to one another, the hotter they are. And the easier it is to keep the flame going. But the reason why so many of us have grown cold, grown cold, the reason why so many of us have lost our passion, the reason why so many of us have fires that are dimmed out is because, number one, we have not tended to the fire. Maybe, maybe we haven't uh, uh, been uh, committed to staying connected to the Lord, to staying connected to the church to staying connected to worship, to staying connected to his word, to staying, we, we haven't fueled our fire, right? But maybe the other reason is because we have disconnected ourselves from one another. We have disconnected ourselves from the church. We have disconnected ourselves from the body. We have disconnected ourselves from the flame. Hear me. It is not, I'm going to say this, and I, I, I know people might get offended. It is not God's responsibility to keep your fire going. I'm going to say that again. God can set you on fire. I, and when I, I mean this metaphorically, God can, can give you a passion. He will give you the will both to, the will to do right and grace to do and he will give you a fire he'll give you a passion for him but hear me it is your responsibility to tend 
to the fire. It is your responsibility to keep the fire going. It is your responsibility to fuel it, to watch over it, to tend to your hearts, to offer up your lives as a living sacrifice. Right? He continues and he says, The priest shall burn wood on it every morning. This is why we soap. This is why we stay in the word, right? This is why we do this 6 a.m. Because we are burning the wood, right? We are burning the wood every morning. And he shall arrange the burnt offerings on it and shall burn it, burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually and it shall not go out hear me do not let your fire be extinguished do not let your fire be extinguished stay connected stay serving stay in his word continually walk in his presence stay in worship don't let anything nor anyone distract you from the fire that God is calling you to continually burn on the altars of your heart. Tend to the fire. Feed the fire. Stay connected. Don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Don't let your fire go out. Keep it burning. Keep it burning. Day and night. Night and day. Keep the fire burning. That's why I just feel like that's the word for today. I don't know who needed to hear that. But that's where I want to stop right there. Because I feel like that's where the Lord is speaking. We need to tend to our fires. We need to feed the flame. We need to fuel it with the presence of God. To stay in his presence. To continually uh, watch over the flame and fan the flame of our hearts, of our sacrifices, to offer up our lives as a living sacrifice, pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. So I just want to pray that over us right now as we go into the weekend. Father, I just thank you. God, I pray that you would help us to fan the flame. God, help us to stay watchful and mindful of the fire that you have called us to tend to, to watch over. God, I pray that nothing, nothing, nothing will extinguish the fire that is in our hearts, that nothing will distract us from fueling the flame, God, that no idol will get in the way, that nothing will pull us from the fire. But Father, I just pray that we will continue, as the Bible says in the New Testament, in the New Testament to continue to fan the flame, to continue to fan the flame within our hearts. God, stir us up. Make us uncomfortable. Make us uncomfortable with allowing ourselves to continue to be cold and lukewarm. God, set our hearts ablaze and help us to maintain the passion that we once had for you, to fan the flame, 
so that we might be acceptable living sacrifices unto you. We thank you. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, I love you guys. I love you guys. I can't wait to worship with you this weekend. Invite a friend. Invite a family member. Invite a coworker. Make sure you're thinking constantly about who you can invite to church that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus. Amen. All right. I love you guys. I pray you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll see you guys on Sunday.